Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Clutch Talk podcast slash YouTube slash We Do It All. And yes, sir, you see who we got here. We got my guys, as always, Jalen and Jenner. What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? What's up? Good, good. How you guys doing? Doing good, man. I'm excited to get into this uh, this Eastern Conference duo, man. You know, I'm not going to lie, this list took me a long time to get through. It took me a long time to get through. I don't know why, but it's, this list was a little harder than, than the Western Conference list for me. Like, as picking, like, who the duo was. No there was no talent, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It was hard. All right, yeah, man. So, uh, so yeah, so um, this is basically a part two of last week. So, uh, last week we did the Western Conference duo, best duo of each team. And this team, we're, we're, we're going through an Eastern Conference. So, you know, we, 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 we don't got nothing to say to it. We don't got much to say. Let's just jump straight into this, man. So, y'all ready? Let's do this, man. Let's, let's start green. Sure. Let's do this, man. So, we're going to start with uh, the Hawks, man. So, uh, the Hawks, I went with Trey Young and John Collins. So, uh, Trey Young and John Collins, they've, they've both been tremendously improving uh, each year. Like we, know, we know what Trey Young can do now. Trey Young is a solidified star in the league and, and soon, to be a, soon to be a max player, in my opinion. But what really impressed me is John Collins. Like his 21 points per game, 11 rebounds, 60% from the field, and 40% from the three-point line, which actually gives Trey, which actually gives the Hawks a lot more options uh, out of their offense. Like Trey Young and John Collins can run that pick and roll and with John Collins being able to shoot, they, they have so many more options. They can run a pick and pop. They can they, they can run a pick and fade because John Collins is doesn't just doesn't just attack the basket. He can he, he can roll out to, to the three point line and when they bring a double team for Trey, Trey can kick it out to him. He can hit that three. He can hit a mid range. So I think that, that that that's great for the Hawks. The only negative I have on uh, on that duo is Trey Young's decision making. You know, often all shooters often sometimes get tunnel vision. They, they they just when they make a couple of shots, they just start throwing them up, throwing them up. And sometimes, you know, that 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 isn't the best decision. And that's the only negative I have on that duo. But that for the Hawks, I had uh, Trey Young and John Collins. Who, who did you guys have? Uh, well, actually, I want to go off a point that you said there uh, about Trey Young's decision-making because I think now adding Rondo is actually going to help him with those intangibles, and it's going to make him a better player too. So I got the same thing too. I got Trey Young and John Collins, even though they added a lot of new faces, a lot of quality players. But, I mean, Trey, like I said, not much needs to be said about him. He's a superstar. And, like I said, was brought on there to teach him the intangibles. You know, he's only going to get better. Collins is a solid player. He's only 23. He's got time to develop, but what he's shown so far is promising. And I mean, he's an athletic big that can score multiple ways. And if I didn't say John Collins, if I just, just close your eyes and I say an athletic big who can score in multiple ways, who do you think of? Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, Blake Griffin, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, that's an elite company. And that's what John Collins is obviously not on those levels. I even closed yet. Because those are all elite players, you know. Blake Griffin, not so much anymore now, but when he was in his prime. Yeah. So, so you know, you think that John Collins has the potential to be not that good, but he's on a, a serviceable type of player like that. It's basically an athletic big who could give you, he give you a good mid range shot. He even give you a three point shot. Um, you know, and I think that that's just the best duo they got in Atlanta. Capella could make a case, but I I prefer Young and Collins. What about you, Jalen? Um, I said Trey Young and um John Collins too is, um. If you don't know, Trey Young is probably like one of my favorite players in the league. He is probably him and Luke are for sure the two bright shining stars of like the uh, like like the younger generation coming into into the league right now. But uh, Trey Young and John Collins. John Collins is 
it like he's a good player. He isn't that tall. He, like he doesn't have that much length on him, but he is a player that's gonna you know work hard for you and catch them oops and do all the dirty work while Trey Young is gonna like uh, diamond dish and put up 30, 30 points per game. So it's a pretty even out duo if you ask me. But um, I was gonna think about putting Gallinari on there, but we haven't really seen them play together, Trey Young and, and, and um Gallinari. But uh, but until that happens, it's Trey Young and uh, John Collins though. Definitely, definitely. I, Gallinari definitely was a was a choice for me, but and then I had to go with Trey Young, John Collins because we we've seen w- what they can do together. So I'm glad, I'm glad, glad we all agree on that one. So moving on to the next team, man, we got the uh, the Miami Heat. I, I went with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. You know, bro- both great perimeter and and in the paint defenders. But the only thing I have against them is they both lack so much per shooting. They both can't shoot threes. They both can't shoot mid rangers like that. But uh, but but their defense is locked down. Together, they're averaging they're averaging six steals and four blocks a game together, which is insanely impressive as you know a defensive minded team. But like I mentioned, that shooting is not there. And this is a shooters this is a shooters league, man. Shooters shoot and they cannot shoot. So that, that's my only downfall I have against them. Who you guys have for the Heat though? Uh, you, you said you had Jimmy Butler, Jimmy Butler and Bam. I, I actually have Jimmy Neutron and Sheen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Duncan Robinson. No, I got, I got Jimmy Buckets and Bam too. I mean, I, we don't really need to say much about them. You know, we saw their run to the final. Buckets is a solidified superstar and Bam's a superstar on the rise. Jimmy's 31, Bam's still 23. Uh, but Jimmy's got a great mentality. You know, a lot of people say he's a bad locker room guy. But uh, no one can talk bad about his dog mentality, you know. And if you can teach Bam to be a dog like him, that's only going to help Bam develop as a player. I mean, he, he came off averaging 16 points and 10 boards in his third year last year. So if he can continue to rise, he'll be a superstar for sure. If he, I wouldn't say he's a superstar quite yet. I'd say he's a star player in the league right now. Stars, uh, it's a, just that one tier under the superstar tier. And that's, that's kind of how I put Bam right now. Okay, that makes sense. What about For you, me, I put, I put uh, Jimmy and Bam too. Uh, Jimmy Butler is Jimmy Butler and both uh, Bam are, are both good two-way players. People that both have that dog mentality um, going in into the lane and blocking up defenders and everything. But uh, Bam is for sure like one of the bright stars of the uh, of the upcoming league. He's only 23 years old, like you said, and and he's already an all-star. Him and Jimmy Butler are both all-star caliber players. So. I feel like the Heat in the next two or three years are going to be for sure like a uh, a championship contender because the way that Tyler Hero is playing, the way that Duncan like like right now in, like in the early season, Tyler Hero is untouchable. Jimmy Butler and Bam are going to be two good additions to uh, to what they have going on at, like at the Heat. Are they not already a championship contender? I mean, they went to the finals. They were already you you know, but like potential winning the championship, you know. Not just okay. going to the championship, and you know, okay. you know, definitely, definitely. Yeah, I agree. Uh, um, so our next thing we got, man, we we got the Bucks. So I think this one is is a, a little bit clear, but uh, I could you could go another way. I went I went with Giannis and Chris Middleton. I almost I almost did I almost went with Drew Holiday because Drew Holiday could be a better player than Chris Middleton, but I just couldn't give it to Drew Holiday because he hasn't played enough with Giannis and Chris Middleton has 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 proven it. You know, Chris Middleton has played with Giannis. On top of that, Chris Middleton what's up? Can I pause it right there real quick? Just so you said you would go with with maybe you would have gone with Drew Holiday instead of Chris Middleton, but they haven't played enough with Giannis. Would you take New Orleans Chris, New Orleans Drew Holiday 
with is is New Orleans Drew Holiday better than Bucks Chris Middleton? I, I would say New Orleans Drew Holiday over yeah. Bucks, Interesting. Chris okay, but Middleton was an all star. That's hard. I don't think he gets slept on. I I, I think uh, I, I I I'm I'm gonna get to that right yeah, now. Yeah, get to that. My but, bad. But uh, but but yeah. So I think I I think uh, Drew Holiday could have been a great choice, but I went with Chris Middleton because. The man is extremely efficient. He averages tw- he averages twenty one points per game, shoots forty nine percent from three and fifty one percent from the field. And the reason why I feel like to to, to talk about Jinder's point, the reason why I feel Chris Middleton gets a lot of shine is because he plays next to a player like Giannis because his game complements Giannis's game. Right? Chris Middleton can shoot. Giannis can't really shoot. So so what the what the, what do the defense do? They clog the paint. They collapse as soon as Giannis gets the ball. When you clog the paint, you collapse. You leave an open, you 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 kick it out. You got a Chris Milton wide open for a three. That's knocked down every single time, which I think helps his efficiency, helps his numbers. Which I and 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 I don't think that Chris Milton would be an All Star if he was on a team alone. Like it, I don't think Chris Milton would be able to do what Drew Holiday was able to do on the on the Pelicans. If they, you know, if if you guys get that, that that makes any sense. But um, but yeah. So the, I went with Chris Milton and Giannis because I think their games complement each other and. Drew Holiday had this, hasn't spent enough time playing with Giannis and hasn't proved himself as that, that secondary guy to, to Giannis. How do you guys feel about the Bucks? So I got Giannis and Middleton as well. Um, I think, like you said, it's too early to say Giannis and Drew. But even, you know, if they had played the whole season, I actually would take Middleton last year over Drew Holiday last year. Um, I think that Middleton's a player that's slept on a little bit. <clears throat> I mean, he wasn't also for the last two years in a row. Uh, he's aver- he averaged 21, four and six last year. Uh, and Chris is solid. Like you said, you know, when you play with a top five player like Giannis, it's pretty, you know, it's, it's obviously you don't have to be as good, you know, to, to be a strong duo because Giannis carries most of that duo, but, uh, but he's still a very solid player. Like I said, all-star and you combine Chris Middleton with Giannis you get, and the Eastern conference, you get domination, you know, and he dominated the East already for the last few years. They'll continue to dominate the real test is can they do it in the playoffs? I don't know. The East is weak, but they're getting stronger. You know, now they have to compete with the Nets, which they didn't have to compete with in years prior. Um, I think the Bucks did a good job of bringing in Drew Holiday, but they overpaid like crazy, in my opinion. But they also needed to do that in order to keep Giannis, because imagine you don't want to overpay for Drew Holiday and then Giannis leaves, then it's completely gone, you know? So it's almost like, it's almost like the, uh, the, the Paul George trade when he went to the Clippers. They way overpaid for Paul George, but they really got Paul George and Kawhi because Kawhi doesn't come without Paul George. So it starts making a little bit more sense. It's the same thing here, I feel like. Uh, you know, you paid for Drew and to keep Giannis. And uh, so they did that. They brought him in, and now they got to, you know, get that ring. But I got a question for you guys right before you go, Jalen. Um, do you think Giannis stays for all five years of that max contract, or do you think he goes elsewhere? I think he stays. I think, All five. I, think I think he stays too. I think I think he 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 stays out these five years. You know, I feel like on top of Giannis being a loyal player, he wants to see how it's going to play out. You know, he wants to see how it's going to play out to the team he got drafted to, and then I feel like if it doesn't happen these five years, he's definitely gone because he needs a championship. So do you think they win in these five years? Mm. They have a good shot. That's for sure. They have it's a very good shot with this team. Yeah. I I don't even think they're the best team in the East anymore. I think I think the Nets take over that role now, and uh, yeah, they lost Dinwiddie, but even without Dinwiddie, I mean, they got a squad, and we'll get to them. But 
I, I think – I don't know. I mean, it's definitely possible they got a good squad, but he's going to have to step it up in the playoffs. He really is because if Giannis is playing bad, they don't have enough squad to carry uh, Giannis playing poorly, you know? Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. I just wanted to kind of pick your guys' brain about that. You know, whoever's watching too, if you want to leave a comment, if you think Giannis leaves and if Giannis is going to get – or if the Bucks are going to get a ring in the next five years. So Definitely. we'll see another another big man from the Bucks go to the Lakers and win some titles. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. All right, Dylan, go ahead. What do you think about the Bucks? Um, I said Middleton and Giannis too. People forget that Middleton is like six foot nine. He's crazy tall, so he's like a good two way player too. And alongside the the MVP and the in the defensive MVP, that that's pretty good. You know, just for like the whole uh, system that they have going on over there at, in in Milwaukee. And I think that Drew's a good addition to that because he is six five. He's a big guard, so it's, it's going to be hard for them to to find uh, for the opposite team to find like mismatches and stuff because they have so many different threats. They have different scores, they, and, and they all play good defense too, which is which wins championships. So I feel like Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis are going to make it to the finals in the next one to two years, maybe this year, maybe next year. But I feel like for sure they have uh, a pretty good shot at making it. Definitely. De- they definitely have a better shot than they had before they before they had Drew Holiday. Yeah, he, uh, he, he gives them a real solid defensive presence, man. I agree. So uh, moving on to the next team, and actually, in, in my opinion, who I think has the brightest future out of all these duos in the Eastern Conference, we got the Celtics, man. Uh, we got the Celtics, and I got – I got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, man. These guys are these guys are the future. They're legit. Check this out. So they're both younger than 25 years old and been to the Eastern Conference Eastern Conference Finals three different times. That is like to be that young and to go there that many times to get that kind of experience. That's insane. We we clearly see what Jason Tatum has become. In my opinion, he's a max player. If not. If not, he'll, he will become. He's already a max player, in my opinion, but if not, he, he will become. Um, but something I want to bring up is, is Jalen Brown, man. Like, he is improving tremendously. Like, his confidence, you, 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 could, see it in, you could see it in his game. He, in, uh, this career, he's averaging career highs, 28 points, uh, 28 points per game, shooting 42% from the, from the field. Uh, sorry, I'm sorry, 42% from three. Uh, 50% from the field. He leads the NBA in uh, in, in mid-range percentage, shooting, 73, shooting 76% from, from mid-range. And on the season, their opener, Jalen Brown put up, puts up 30 points and Jason Sam puts up 33. If they can have that consistently, man, that is scary. And for the fact that they're younger than 25, like, they got they got years on them. They're young, you know what I'm saying? So, that, that in my opinion, that's the brightest future in uh, – duo with the brightest future in the Eastern Conference. How do you guys feel about the Celtics? I agree 100%. Best, you know, brightest young duo. I mean, it's slim pickings in the East, but but I think that they have the best young duo in the in the East. I don't know about the whole league, though. Uh, Tatum is probably one of the best young players in the league. Brown is good, too, but I don't think he's quite up there in the best young players in the league conversation. But in the East, for sure. So, but, you know, another duo that you even could have maybe picked would have been Tatum and Kemba, but Boston Kemba has not really been the same as Charlotte Kemba, and Jalen Brown's really picked it up over the last year. Uh, like I said with Jamal Murray last week, Jalen Brown was a player that I just didn't – I didn't really fall into the hype early on, but then he lived up to the hype, and he's played his way into that, so that's pretty awesome. 
Uh, you know, he's proven that he's a solid player and a good pair with, with, with Tatum. And, you know, they work well together. Like you said, a young duo that can dominate the league for years to come. I, I agree with you. And I said the same thing, uh, Tatum and Brown. Uh, for me, honestly, I can't see both of them staying together that much longer because both of them are both very good players. And I feel like it, it, it might turn into like a Kawhi and Paul George situation where, where, I don't know, I might just be rambling right now. That, that, might, that might not make sense, but uh, Tatum and Brown are both very good, and I feel like they are the two uh, bright spots in the, in the league in the moment. I, I, I feel you. I feel you. All right, so, uh, so moving on to the next team, we got the 76ers. So I know what most people are going to go with. They're probably going to go with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. But if you listen to this podcast, you know my least favorite player and I think the least talented player in the NBA is Ben <laughs> Simmons. I'm not going with Ben Simmons. I'm going with the, with the duo of Joel Embiid and Seth Curry. Check this out, though. No, check this out. Check this out. The NBA, how many times have I said this? The, this league is a pick and roll league, okay? You cannot run a pick and roll with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons because all you do is you sag off Ben Simmons and you double Joel Embiid. What are you going to do? You're going to dare Ben Simmons to shoot a three. Well, he's not going to shoot it. You're just going to double Joel Embiid, so there's no options. But with, but, but with Seth Curry and, and Joel Embiid, you have so many options out of, out of, the, out of that pick and roll. It kind of reminds me of J.J. Redick and Joel Embiid when they used to run that pick and roll where there's so many options. You could run the fade option. You could run the pick option because both can, both can shoot. Joel Embiid shooting 40% from the three-point line. Seth Curry shooting a ridiculous 51% from the three-point line. You cannot sag off those two shooters. Come once this once Joel Embiid comes and sets that screen, Joel Embiid can either roll to the hoop, to looking for the lob, or he can pop out to the three and Seth can hit him for a three. If you double Joel Embiid, you best believe Seth's knocking that down. If you don't, if you if you double uh, Seth Curry, you best believe he's going to either dish off a lob to Joel Embiid or dish off a pa- a, a, pa- a pass to the back, and Joel Embiid's going to knock out knock down a little three or a mid range. So. I uh, mean, I just think that if unless Ben Simmons is running downhill, he's literally useless, like useless on that team. So I, I, I gotta go. I gotta go with Seth and, and Joel Embiid just because of there's more options out of the out of that pick and roll. Oh man, I I I know you're the certified stamp number one Ben Simmons hater out there, but uh, I had I had. I had to go with I had to go with Embiid and Simmons. I mean, I know it's a pair that people some people say don't work together. That you say don't work together. From the jump, you've been saying that. But uh, you know, but it's it's hard to, for Philly to part ways with one of them. So that's the duo that they have. And if you think about it, they were one Kawhi Leonard shot away from going to the finals, right? So it's it's not like they were or the Eastern Conference Finals. I, they were they were one Kawhi Leonard shot away from going to the next round. Uh, I think it was the Eastern Conference Finals that they were going to. the Eastern to. Conference Finals. Yeah. So, so I can't call them a bad duo. You know what I mean? That was a lucky shot. I mean, even Kawhi's admitted that's a lucky shot, you know? And be the top center in the league when he's healthy. Simmons is the top guard, honestly. He, I, I, he's a great defender. He made first team all defense. Like, on, imagine like Avery Bradley. Like, this guy sucks on everything except defense, right? And he has an okay mid-range shot. But he's really just – Avery Bradley's a defender. That's it, right? Simmons is better than Bradley. He's better on defense, but, but and he's better on offense. Sim, but Avery Bradley can shoot. Avery Bradley will will take decently. He will, t- 
He will, yes, but Ben Simmons cannot even shoot. Go look on basketball reference. The, for the last three years, Ben Simmons does not even have a stat for his three-point shot. That is ridiculous. You have to at least try to shoot. This is a shooter's league. I, I, get, I get that he can't shoot, but what I'm thinking is he's a 6'10 point guard. Like, it doesn't come around very often. Someone who's that big and can handle the ball that well, right? And when it has happened, it's been players like Magic, like LeBron. I mean, I get LeBron's not a true point guard, but he could play the point guard as well as anybody. Uh, so... I, I think I think and he's a great defender like that gets overlooked so much. I think he was top five in the defensive player of the year voting this year. So like he he's a he's a solid player. And honestly, if you if I had to get rid of one of those players, I'm actually getting rid of Joel Embiid because he gets injured every season and it's some sort of big injury. And 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 Simmons has been I get he doesn't have a clean bill of of health, but. He's been consistently more available, best type of ability, and I, 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 get, I get to book that into every show we talk about. But I would keep Simmons, and I really wouldn't even be thinking twice about it because if you get a good return on Joel Embiid right now, give Simmons some shooters. Give Simmons some shooters. He had yeah. shooters. He had they have a lot of shooters now. They have Danny Green and um, – Danny Green? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I said shooters. X. No, no, I get it. I get it. I, 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 Simmons does have shooters, but what I'm saying is let him run the team. Because, look, Giannis can't shoot either, mm-hmm. right? He's a good defender, and he drives down the lane. That's really what Simmons does. Not as good, he's not as good at driving as Giannis, and he's not as good at defending as Giannis. But he's not, it's not like night and day. It's like first in defensive player of the year, fifth in defensive player of the year. And, and I, Simmons can move the ball better than Giannis, too, and he's got even, better handles. Even Giannis can shoot better than Chris Mann. I, I mean, than, um, than Yeah, I know. I know, but, but what I'm saying is just like, but Giannis' forte isn't shooting. Like, they run a pick and roll. If Giannis is running the pick and roll, they're also going to double whoever the shooter is. They're, they're, like you said, they're going to clog the paint. They're going to let him shoot, dare Giannis to shoot, right? And, so, and, but he can, but you can't dare Giannis to shoot like that. Like, remember the Lakers game? They do. Remember the Lakers I know, game? But that's the Lakers. Every time somebody plays against the Lakers, they have a career night. Uh, playing against the Lakers is, is not a good barometer for a player, I think. <laughs> you should have seen, what, what's this, Keldon Johnson from the Spurs? He put up, I think he put up uh, something a, like a 20. double-double. Yeah, he put up something like 26 points or even 30 points, I think, right, against the Lakers. Do you know how many he has in all the other games combined? 31 points. He had 30 in one game and then 31 in six other games combined. Like, everyone against the Lakers, it's a career night because it's the Lakers. It used to be this thing, oh, we're playing the Lakers and it's, everyone's watching. It's at the Staples Center, blah, blah, blah. Like, people want to play well at Madison Square Garden, you know. But that's beside the point. I don't want, I don't want to go in, 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 in that route. But I honestly think Ben Simmons is slept on from certain people. Like, I think he does not get enough credit just because he's such a bad shooter. People forget about all the other facets of his game. And, and I get it. It's a shooter's league work. The Lakers got to the finals without shooting well. They got to the finals with size, right? They had two centers, three centers, really, because if you kind of be the center. And no shooters. Not really that many shooters. KCP not, turned it on. Danny Green was awful. But, but okay, last, last point. Last point before we get to Jalen. I want to hear what Jalen has for, for his 7 6 duo. But how many – Big man like Joel Embiid, do we come across? Not many. The man who shoots 40% from the three-point line, he, can, he has tremendous out-of-the-post out of work. You double him in the post, he can find the pass. You double, he, he's, a, he's a beast. He's a monster. And since I, you were I, talking, I, go ahead. No, I, I, since I, you were talking, I would, go, I would go, never, sorry, this is a delay. I would never, ever, ever, ever 
trade Joel Embiid instead of and, and, instead of Ben Simmons? As you were talking, I came up with four players: Carl Anthony Towns, Nikola Jokic, Anthony Davis, and when he's healthy, you want a big that can shoot. Kristaps Porzingis. He's not would you, physical. Would you trade any of those guys though? For Joel Embiid? Would, no, but you wouldn't trade any of those guys, right? Oh, no, no, I know, I know. But but what I'm saying, because you're. Like, think about who, 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 how often you come across a player like Joel Embiid. And I just thought, shoot, in the league right now, there are four of them at least. Yeah, Maybe but you wouldn't, trade, about you it, wouldn't right? trade any of those guys, right? You would, yeah, you, you, I agree. So, you would keep them. So, why would you trade Joel? Except Porzingis. Except Porzingis. No, I get it. But I, I and, and, that's, and that's a good point. That's a good point. But I, I, on, I genuinely think that bec- Embiid's factor is that he's injured often, right? So, I think. A healthy Embiid and a healthy Simmons, I agree with you. I'm going, I'm going Embiid. But his history is just so long, right, that I kind of makes me a little shaky. It's, it's, it's that game of, like, you don't know. You have to kind of guess, try to predict what's going to happen. So it's tough. But I hear you. Healthy both of them, I go Embiid. But if we got, if we got to think about their injuries, history, and everything, it's, it's tough to say. Even with the injury history, you guys going Embiid? I'm going with Embiid. What about you, Jalen? Embiid, too. Okay, so tell me your points, then. Well, for me, uh, it's Embiid and, uh, and uh, Ben Simmons. Both of them are very young and uh, talented, both big men. But uh, Ben Simmons is, is, is a pretty good point guard, too, for a person that's seven, seven foot and still growing. You know, he, he's only 23 years old, and Joel Embiid is, what, 25, 26? They're, I think 26. Yeah, they're both going to make a big impact in the next couple of years for sure. They're, like, they aren't finished playing together, and I feel like uh, – they work well together too. Um, I know that they both aren't, you know, uh, the best the best shooters in the league, but uh, they both work well together. Just someone that can dish the ball and someone that could uh, that could receive the ball in the paint. You know, just two two very good players. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. No. I hear you. Right. So, so moving on to the to the next team, we got we got the Knicks, man. So. A lack of choices here. <laughs> a lack of choices, man. Like, honestly, when I was doing this list, I was like, let me let me look at the Knicks roster. Who's even on the Knicks team like that? And I, I went The worst part is that it, it got even harder and later with some other teams. I'm like, man, this is harder than the Knicks to pick two players. So I, 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 went, with, I went with Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. I, I honestly, again, lack of choices, but I went with Julius Randle because he provides offense, you know, averaging 21 points per game, shooting 50% from the field. And Mitchell Robinson can provide defense. You know, he, he was fourth in the league in, in blocks last season. So, but they're, they're both young, you know, and we'll, we'll see what they do. I don't, I don't expect nothing from them, but, uh, but yeah, out of lack of choices, I went with Joel, uh, I went with Julius Randle and Mitchell Robinson. How'd you, how do you guys feel about the Knicks? I got the same. Randall and Robinson, uh, two big men. Uh, actually, Randall deserves it, though. Like, he, he's had a great start to the season. 22.7 assists, 11 boards. I mean, he's averaging a double-double and three assists, three assists away from a, from a triple-double. Uh, that's pretty good. And I get it. There's not a lot of scoring options on that Knicks team. But those are solid numbers, you know. And now that Robinson has not been as good, but like you said, slim pickings in the New York Knicks roster. Uh, but Robinson has the potential to be a, you know, a dominant big for a while. He's a solid rebounder. He's good around the paint. He's only 22. So, you know, he's still got time to grow some more. So I had to go with Randall and Robinson. And you, Jalen? Um, I said um, Josh Rand- uh, uh, Julius Randall and um, R.J. Barrett, actually. Um, R.J. Barrett has been playing pretty good this year. He had a 26-point game and a 25-point game already. He had a double-double this year. 
And uh, it's, it's like he was playing pretty good last year too, or, in, you know, uh, for like the Knicks, you know, they're playing pretty good. But um, I feel like he's going to be a bright star in the league too. He's only 20, 20 years old, 21 years old. And uh, I feel like him and Randall could do, you know, something together, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Uh, that's a good pick. I actually forgot about R.J. Barrett. But uh, but that's true. That's a good pick. Definitely. Thank you. All right. So uh, so moving on to the to the next team, I got the Bulls. Another lack of choices. Another uh, slim pickings. Who do I go with? Um, but I went I, I went with I went with Zach Levine and Lori Marketing. But before I even get into my points, I want I, I want to ask you guys a question: Is Zach Levine for real? Or does he just put up 25 points per game because nobody else is going to put up points on that team? Like, is he for real, though? Because his numbers for look real. good. You go on basketball reference, he looks good. 25 points per game this season, last season, 24, season before, 23. Like, but, like, I was like, who else is going to score? Kobe White? Like, like what? You know what I'm saying? So, Kobe White so, is nice, man. So, yeah. so, so let, me, let me know. How, like, is he for real or, or, or what? Like, let me know. He's he's for real. He's for real for sure. I mean, uh, do we don't ask the same question about about Bradley Beal? We don't ask if Bradley Beal is for real. He's they got the same thing. He puts some crazy points on a garbage team, you know. But uh, no, Levine is for real. He's 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 for real for sure. What do you think, Jalen? He's for sure legit. I mean, he's he's a six five, uh, fifty inch vert, and he he can score on all levels. So I mean, he's gonna be a force to be reckoned with. He's he, he's a potential all star in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's just. I agree with you 100%. And I, I, I agree with your picks too, John. I got Lavina Marketing too. Marketing is like a great value for Zingas. Uh, and he's, you know, he's 23. <laughs> he, he's out right now due to COVID protocols. But, you know, the four games that he played, he's averaging 17 points. Uh, back in 2018-19, he was actually averaging 19 points and nine rebounds. So that's almost a 2010 season, like 20 points, 10 rebound season. So that's pretty good. So if you can step it up a little bit more, you know, this season from that season – uh, which is obviously easier said than done, you know, that would line them up right there with the good tier of players in the league, you know, and I, I like I said, Zach Levine, nothing really to say about it. He, he's far away the best player on the Bulls. I'm um, surprised they were able to actually keep him there and we'll see for how much longer he'll stay because I think if they don't step it up, they don't step up the team around him, he's probably gone. But he's putting up, what, 24 points, five rebounds, five assists, and one and a half steals a game, which is solid. Kobe White's been nice, though. I know John threw that job at Kobe White, Kobe White real quick, <laughs> but uh, he's nice, though. I mean, I'll be the first to admit I don't watch every Bulls game, but, you know, he, I, I've watched some, and he's made noise, and he's made noise around the league for a while now. He's averaging 16, 5, and 5, you know? Like, he honestly could give him marketing a run for his money in that second role, even, in that duo. You know, it could be the Kobe White and Zach Levine show, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I think the same thing too, though, um, with uh, Levine and uh, Markinen. Um, I actually have a lot of faith in Markinen. I feel like he's going to be a pretty good player in like in the next couple of years. He's 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 like a what you said a great value Porzingis. <laughs> someone I could do all, all the same things that Porzingis can do, but just at like a lower level. But right. I I think that he still has potential, and uh, Kobe White is going to be a very good player too. A, a six five point guard, fast as heck. He's he's going to make some noise too. But um, at the moment, it is still uh, uh, Zach Levine and Markin, just because Markin has more games under his belt. Definitely, right. definitely agree. All right, so for the ne- for the next team, we got the uh, the Eastern Conference favorites. Man, we got we got the Nets. Not really, no question. I I, I went I went with I went with KD and Kyrie. 
Uh, only, only. I mean, I, I don't have any points you know, because we know it's dumb. But the only thing I have to say against them is they're both locker room cancers. You know, they're they're both. KD's always <laughs> always subtweeting somebody. Always always on a fake page. You know, getting hurt out of what somebody says about him. And Kyrie's always like weird. You know, Kyrie's just a weird guy. But I mean, they're both they're both ballers, man. They both they both get buckets. And and I I can't take that away from them. But the only thing I can say is that they both could hurt the locker room if they don't. You know, if they don't have it their way, you know, we've seen what Kyrie can be like when he doesn't have it his way. He whines and complains till he leaves. We see, we see what happens in the Warriors when KD starts to get, you know, uh, picking fights to people and doesn't get his way. He cries and leaves. So, I mean, again, can't, can't go against their talent. Their talent is great, absolutely great, but locker room, it hurts. Who, who, I don't doubt you guys they'll agree, disagree, but who do you guys have? I actually just got – I'm just looking at a uh, tweet. I just got a tweet notification right now. It says, uh, yeah, KD did not leave the Warriors because of uh, because he's soft. He left because it's Draymond's fault. KD's the best player in the league. <laughs> a random Twitter, Twitter account. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, so, KD and Kyrie, like you said, no question. There's really not much that needs to be said here. You know, I think KD doesn't look like he's missed the beat uh, since his injury. And, Ky- and Kyrie continued to be a star in the league. I mean – He's had, like, one or two bad games, but that happens. I think the best team in the East, and I don't even think it's close. Like, I think they're significantly better than the Bucs. Uh, Kyrie's 27 points a game, six assists. Durant's 28 and five. Like, what, what can you, you know, can't really compete with that. Unfortunately for them, they lost Dinwiddie, but they still have LaVert, Allen, Jordan, and Joe Harris is solid off the bench too, you know. So, uh, I think that that's, that's, a, that's a solid team. Uh, and honestly, like on a separate note, I think it's honestly time for them to start Jared Allen over DeAndre Jordan. Like every time Jared Allen comes in, he's just significantly better. He's, he's Jordan is older and not even just the age, like Allen is just better. Um, but funny thing though, that I found out when I was, you know, digging into a little bit of Kyrie stats, he actually hasn't missed a single free throw all season long. So, you know, maybe LeBron could have learned a thing or two when they were together on the Cavs. <laughs> but uh, he hasn't missed a single free throw. I'm like, that's, that's shocking. Well, but uh, anyway, what about you, Jalen? Who you got? Um, I'm feeling the same thing, uh, Katie and Kyrie, of course. Um, first off, I'm feeling like, like it's, it's crazy how they have two of the best pure talents in the league on their team. You know, it goes James Harden, pure talent. He, he, he isn't really like that athletic and everything, but he's a pure talent. Kyrie, pure talent. KD, pure talent, pure score. And just to have those two people on the same team is going to be dangerous. But like you said, they are both uh, like locker room cancers. They're, they're, they're both sissies and they both go behind, you know, like other play, like other players back and, you know, uh, and I'm talking mess about them. So um, it, it is going to be uh, interesting to see how they work together and as a team, but I'm feeling like it's either they're doing really good or they're doing really like either really bad and they don't want to play with each other after this season. So it's either do good this season or they're not going to be together. In I, my opinion. I absolutely agree with you, Jalen. There, there's no middle for the nets. They're either going to be crazy. Nobody's going to mess with them or they're going to be like, I mean, it's not terrible because they won't be terrible, but they'll be like, like that's the middle. The, the, no, no. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess, but 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 it, they will either be that insanely good. Team, though, you know, like that team is a superstar caliber exactly. team. That yeah. isn't supposed to be average. Exactly. You're not. Yeah. You're not. So you even them getting like the third seed is terrible for them. And I think that like that right there would be like a terrible. Like it's either they're going to be first seed, but by like a huge margin, or like third seed, and that's going to be like a fail for them. The, right, the difference right. I'm seeing is like the 
the uh, the Bucks, Heat, and then maybe the the Nets. Okay, but. But one thing, though, that I actually want to say, and I've been saying this for a while, I don't think seeding matters that much this season. There's no fans. Very likely there won't be any fans. There might even be another bubble. So, like, if there's no more home court advantage. Who cares if you're first or eighth, you know, you're, you're going to get – well, not eighth, actually, because I think seventh and eighth actually have a play in now. So, you probably want to be sixth. But for a team like the Nets, uh, 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 the, the Lakers, the Bucks, a team that can really pace themselves and turn around whenever they want – you know, I think that they don't – doesn't really matter what team they are. So, I, I wouldn't go as far to say that a third team would be a failure, but, like, a second-round exit is the equivalent oh, of a yeah. failure. I mean, don't even need to say a first round, obviously, but, like, unless they lose – like, even losing in the conference finals could be a failure. But but that that could be debated. But losing in the second round, oof, that that that, that, that would be – that'd be a massive failure. But. Yeah. Be like the Definitely. Clippers all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For real. That is a massive – Clippers a massive failure. They're two synonyms. For real. Uh, so, all right. So, uh, so moving on to the next team. We got, we got the Pacers, man. And I'm going with my guy, man. One of the most slept-on <clears throat> players in the league. DeMontis Sabonis, man. He's a walking double-double, dog. This season, 20, 20 points per game, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Last season, 18 points per game, 13 rebounds. The Pacers got swept in the in the, these last playoffs because he was out. He, he, he hurt his foot. And I'm going – and the, the other player I'm going with is, Ma, is Malcolm Brogdon, man. You know what I'm saying? Malcolm Brogdon is a great glue guy for that team. 22 points per game, 6 assists, shooting 53% from the field and 44% from three. My biggest question to you guys is – can the man stay healthy? He's played five years in the league and has never played over 70 games, you know? So can, can he stay healthy? You know, like, and that, that's a, like a big, a big question. So how, how do you guys feel about the, about the Pacers? And then, and then go ahead and answer that question about uh, Malcolm Brogdon staying healthy. How do you guys feel about that? Honestly, so I'll go ahead and, and, and talk about Brogdon real quick. I think he can stay healthy if he just kind of paces himself, which is kind of sounds like a cop-out answer, but like, it's hard to tell, you know? I think that I don't have his list of injuries in front of me, so I don't know what his uh, like kind of his tables are, what kind of injuries he's had. But I know that it's something that he's just going to have to kind of try to pace himself. Like Kawhi does that. So Kawhi had a pretty big quad injury in San Antonio, so he just started load managing, you know, and then he just kind of paced himself so he wouldn't get injured again. And I think that maybe Brogdon just kind of has to take the same thing, you know what I mean? And he probably wouldn't even catch that much flack for doing it because it's Brogdon, not Kawhi Leonard. You know, so so um, I think that that's probably his his best bet at, bet at this point. But uh, for the double for the Pacers, I actually have Sabonis and Oladipo. Like I think ever since coming back from his injury, Depot has just been super slept on. I mean, maybe he needs to put out another R and B album and just remind everybody who he is. <laughs> but uh, 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 Sabonis was an All Star. You know, last year he's on pace to do it again this year. He's averaging twenty one point seven assists and eleven rebounds. Depot's averaging 21 points, five assists, and six rebounds. Anyway, he's a guard, so you don't really expect him to get that many boards. But 21 points is nice, you know. Now, Brogdon and Warren are nice, but I still, I still had to go with Depot. Not by much. Like, Brogdon's averaging 22 points, seven assists, and four rebounds. And he's proven to be a solid player, like you said. Milwaukee missed him a lot. Like, last year he was with the Pacers, but the year before that when he was on Milwaukee, when he left, so last year, Milwaukee missed him a lot, and it was evident. And I think that they, they kind of plugged that hole with Drew Holiday. Uh, I think Holiday's better than, than Brogdon, but it's just the things that they do are a little different. Uh, but, you know, and I think that 
Warren, because I said Brogdon and Warren. Warren, you know, he's going to need more than just, a, just to be good in the bubble, but then just be average outside of it. He's like that second spot on the team. You know, he's at 16 points per game right now, so he's going to need a little bit more production to be that second guy. But honestly, man, I need to ask, talk to you guys. Like, the Pacers have a def- decent team. Like, they're not crazy. favorites to win. They, they, they're not favorites to win. But, like, they should be giving any team in the East, including the Nets, some trouble. At least some trouble. I'm saying they should be beating the Nets, but they should be giving them at least some trouble because they got Brogdon at the one, Depot at the two, Warren at the three, Sabonis at the four, and Miles Turner at the five. That's a solid team. That's, that's crazy. I, as you were talking, I was literally about to say, man, the Patriots kind of nice. Like, they're stagged. <laughs> they bro. are. Yeah. They're stag, bro. Like, and if TJ yeah. plays, like, half like in the bubble, like, as a third option, mm. that's crazy y'all the Pacers are the Pacers are clean I didn't really realize that till we was talking about them right now <laughs> yeah because they're so like low-key under the radar like I I was like I know all the players I know them well and then all of a sudden I'm like wait a second they also have Brogdon oh they also have Warren oh and Miles Turner oh man like that's a, that's oh, a nice team <laughs> but yeah they should be giving any team in the east some trouble at least some like even like I think the Nets are the best team in the east if the Pacers don't knock at least two games off the Nets, I think they've underachieved. Like, I get it. If they get the eighth seed and Nets get the first and they get bounced in the first round, I don't call that a failure. But if they don't knock at least two games off of them, I, I, I do call it that. Because I think they got a nice enough squad to be making some noise at least. What about you, Jalen? Um, I'm feeling uh, Sabonis and Oladipo as well. Uh, Sabonis, Sabonis is the obvious pick because Sabonis is a boy. He's going to get 20 points and 10 rebounds for you. Easy. Every game. And I picked Oladipo just because of his uh, resume, you know, like, 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 like I want him to be the best player on this team and I want him to do good because I, I feel like his chance was kind of, you know, taken away from him just, 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 just due to injury. But, um, uh, Miles Turner is a good pick. TJ Warren's a good pick and, uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a good pick as well. But, um, I had to pick Oladipo just because of the resume. Definitely, definitely, de- definitely yeah. agree, agree, agree with that. Uh, so moving on to the next team, man, we, I got the uh, next team we got, we got the Raptors. I got a uh, Spicy P and, and Fred Van Vliet, man. I actually went Fred Van Vliet over Kyle. And if you go look at, if you go look at, at, at the, the, the Raptors uh, stats, like stats, right, and, and who, who leads the team in scoring, who leads the team in percentage, Fred Van Vliet leads the team in scoring, second in, second in team in assists, and leads a team in three-point percentage. I, uh, Spicy P is, is to me, like a notch under Jason Tatum. He, he, like, he can be a Jason Tatum-type player. He just, he's just a little bit more unorthodox. He's on the playoff. <laughs> he's just a little bit more un- unorthodox. But, um, but yeah, so I, I, went with, I went with Spicy P and Fred Van Vliet, man, because, you know, I, I like Fred. You know, like, th- that's a come-up story, man. He, the, the man didn't get drafted, played in the G League, and came up. You know, that's not the reason why I'm going with him. I'm going with him because, you know, he leads the team in scoring, and he also leads the team in three-point percentage. So how you guys feel about the Raptors? Yeah, so for the Raptors, the first player I got, I'm going to give you all a guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's spicy because he's because he spins to the rack every time. You guys oh, not know. Okay, okay. <laughs> I was like, what? All right, edit, 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 edit. I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, no, because every time spicy P goes to the rack, he's like doing a spin move. And uh, but anyway, I got spicy P and I got Killer Kyle Lowry, man. Like you could say spicy P and Fred Van Vliet, but I still think Killer Kyle is the face of that team. 
He's still a very good player. You know, I think he played well in the bubble. You know, I think Siakam was disappointing in the bubble, actually, and Lowry picked up some of his slack. Um, and you, you would imagine as Siakam developed, him and Lowry become a better pair. But what's interesting is Lowry is actually getting older. And uh, I know it's shocking. But uh, Lowry is on the older side. And Siakam is still getting some, you know, kind of working some kinks out of his game. So there's a chance that this overlap might not happen, right? Like the best version of uh, – uh, whatever is the best version left of, of Kyle Lowry is and the best version of, of, of Pascal Siakam might not overlap because if Siakam doesn't really know pick it up fast enough, Lowry's probably only got one more year at this level, if that. You know, because I think he's like 33, 34, right? And he's not like – you know, he's not just a physical guy. So, you know, he's really he's, – he's an undersized guard. So, you know, unless he starts shooting lights out, which he can do sometimes, but not always. Unless he starts shooting lights out, you know, he doesn't have that much left in the tank, in my opinion. And Spicy P still, you know, it seems like every year he's going to do it in the playoffs and then he doesn't. So when is it going to be? You know, if it's, if it's this year, then maybe it works out. But if not, then, you know, we, just, you know, we might not see the best version of this duo. Well, me, I personally feel like Kyle Lowry is kind of like a CP3 type player. You know, he's going to have like a lot like a lot of years just like as that player that's going to just facilitate and play decent defense and do whatever he has to do on the court. Uh, but I don't see him being uh, a, a duo for, well, for me personally, he, he, even though he did prove his, his worth in the playoff uh, playoffs the year before and last year, uh, he did really good in the playoffs and he proved that he still has like has like a little gas in the tank. But uh, I picked um, I picked uh, Pascal Siakam and Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet is uh, a dog, just like what you said, John. He has a very good story. Uh, he came from came from the G League, played played his butt off in the playoffs and got him a championship, and now he has a starting spot on the team. There's there's no other, um, no better come up story than that, and I guess uh, that's. That's my duo is Van Fleet and uh, Pascal Siakam. Definitely, definitely, I feel that. All right, so uh, so moving on to the next team, we we got the Wizards, man. And talking about duos that I don't think are gonna work, I'm going I'm going with Bra- uh, Bradley Beal and, and Russell Westbrook, and and I, I I even mentioned this on the on the on the last episode. I don't think that Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook are gonna work out because they are two dogs, like two alphas, right? And shout shout out Junior, man. He, so for Christmas, Junior got me Junior got me the, the Mama Mentality book. Right, I've been reading that. Right, and and in the Mama Mentality book, Kobe said that for every great team to work, and every great team, there has been one dog, like one alpha, like one guy who who's ready to fight, ready to be crazy, and one calm guy, one passive aggressive guy, somebody who's real calm. And I don't see that on the Wizards. Both Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal rip your head off. They're both alphas. They're both like, give me the ball, I'm a score, you know. And and, and I I don't see like when when it, when it comes down to to the last couple of minutes, like I don't see like it working out. I know Bradley Beal gonna want the ball. I know Russell Westbrook gonna want the ball. And and if Russell Westbrook is upset, he will let it be known. Like he will let the media know. He will let players on the court know. And and also like they they got off to like an zero and five start this season, man. So so I, I man, I, I just don't. I don't see that duo working out, but I cannot disrespect Bradley Beal as an individual talent, and I cannot disrespect Russell Westbrook as an individual talent. So I went with those two as a duo. Another slim picking, like who else am I going to go with on the Wizards? But uh, but yeah, so I went with that. How you guys feel about the Wizards? 
I got Russ and Beal too. I mean, Beal just dropped sixty points tonight. Oh, uh, and and even with that performance, they still lost. So like, it's 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 tough for him, you know. He needs to he, he needs to get out of Washington ASAP if he wants to be good for his career, you know. And, and he stayed in Washington, waited for John Wall to recover, and Wall still requested a trade. Like, I lost respect for John Wall as a player because Beal was there holding it down, and Wall was like, "All right, are you done? All right, I'm out." You know, so so I honestly, I, I, I that wasn't a that wasn't a cool move. I wasn't very cash money of him. So, uh, but uh, last week, you know, I wasn't putting any new teammates on the list. So um, maybe I can select. I cannot select Westbrook just yet, you know, because they've only played a couple of games. But now, obviously, last week they had only played like two games. Now they played like eight together. So it's a little bit more to, to kind of pick from. Um, <clears throat> but like you said, slim pickings in Washington. If I couldn't select Westbrook, I'd probably go Thomas Bryant. Still don't know why the Lakers would have walked for nothing. His, his talent was there even when, even when he was on the Lakers. That's another conversation. And uh, he's a solid player, honestly. He's growing more and more each day. He's, he's got a good shot for a big man. He's only 23. You talk about Thomas Bryant. And still improving. And, but I think I've seen enough Russ and Beal to go with that duo. Um, Beal's averaging 31 31, five and five. That's before it's ten, that's before tonight's game gets even you know actualized into the stats. And then Russ is averaging twenty one, twelve and eleven. Like sheesh, that's a that's that he's averaging a double though. That's nice. But the problem is like, is like John said is like they're empty numbers if they're not winning, right? And I think they only have like two or three wins uh, out of eight games. So it's you know, it's not it's it's not much to go off of. So yeah, they're going to be able to put up numbers because they're both dogs, but they're going to be empty numbers because the team isn't winning. You know, so I mean, imagine dropping sixty points and your team's still losing. I mean, pissed. Like, that's nuts, right? I mean, it's that that's that's just some crazy stuff. But I don't know. What what do you think, Jalen? Um, I'm feeling uh, Wilson Westbrook and uh, Bradley Bill as well. There weren't that many picks, uh, just just off of um, individual talent, Westbrook and Bill. But I honestly feel like Russell Westbrook, his his time his time getting a championship is up. You know, like I I feel like no team wants him, and no team is gonna want to have to deal with somebody that it just plays for themselves. It looks like he, like even though he has um twelve assists per game, uh, a triple double machine, he isn't he, he I, I don't see a championship in his future, but. Uh, the duos, of course, well, Westbrook and Bill, just off individual uh, talents. Yeah. But, but real quick, though, you get, you know what I would be even more pissed about? Is if I dropped 70 points like Devin Booker and still lost. <laughs> he actually did that. Man. He lost in that 70-point game. Like, 70 points, dog. Like, I, I don't even think anyone except for Kobe and Wilton would score more than 70 points. Yeah. It may be maybe somebody – I don't even know if anyone else did. I think he's so, number three. Yeah, it's so like, imagine, and he's like 21 too, right? He's like 21, he yeah. drops his like 70 point performance and they still lose. Like, <laughs> damn, bro. That, that game was 130 to 120, which actually means he put up 70 of their 120 points. Like the rest of the team put up 50. Yeah, it's not cool. like, oh, they matched. Like, man, there is a team that, that is no help. Man, now that I think about that, if I was, if I was Devin Booker, I'd be on the Lakers, man. I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> For every podcast I try to – if I was associated with the team, I would have gotten so many tampering fines already. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. All right, John, who do you got for the Pistons? 
All right, man. So for the for, for the Pistons, I, I'm going with uh, I'm going with Jeremy Grant and Blake Griffin. So uh, I'm I'm really interested to be honest to see how this duo will play out this season. You know, it's their their first time playing together because as I mentioned on previous episodes, they do play the same position. I I get it that Jeremy Grant can move to that small forward position. But uh, currently, right now, Jeremy Grant is leading the Pistons in scoring with 23 points per game. And just want, I just want to bring up this little side note. So I, I've been watching a couple of uh, the Pistons games. And, you know, I, I, I want to tip my hat off to Blake Griffin because remember when Blake Griffin came in the league and, like, all he was known for was dunking. Like, that's all he did. Like, Blake Griffin jumping over the Kia, jumping over Paul Gasol, jumping over all these people, like, cool. throwing the ball from there. Th- throwing the ball in the hoop, like, whatever, right? And now, like, man, Blake Griffin has transformed his game into, a, like, a three-point shot. Like, he can shoot a little bit, you know, and, he, and, and it's getting there. You know, it's, it's getting better. And, and it, as, as it continues to improve, we'll see what happens. But I, I, want to talk, I want to tip my hat off to him, and I want to take it away as well because he plays too much on the perimeter. The man is averaging, like, five rebounds per game. Like, man, you're 6'10". Go get a rebound. Like, I need – like, if you're if you're 6'9 and above, I need at least, like, six, seven rebounds from you a game. And, 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 and Blake is barely averaging five rebounds per game, and that's because I feel like he's he, – he, he got the three-point shot, but then he fell in love with it. Like he only play, he's only playing the perimeter. You watch the Pistons play, he, the man is in the perimeter. I'm, if I was on a team, I'd be like, get your big ass down in the post. Go get a rebound. Like, you're 6'10". You know, you're too big to be out here shooting, shoot, too big to be out here shooting threes. But, um, but yeah, so I, I went with the duo of Grant and Blake Griffin. I want to see how they, how, how, how they play out. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Pistons, man? I get the same thing. I, got, I, I actually initially had Griffin and Rose. And, 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 but I changed it. Um, and you convinced me even more now, but, um, you know, initially I had gone with Griffin and Rose cause you know, they have a little bit of weird situation out there for, for the Pistons, you know, like Griffin is their best player, I think, but it might already be Jeremy Grant, you know, but I want to see a little bit more of him on there. Uh, but you know, Griffin's a show what he used to be, but like you said, and I think I mentioned this in a couple of podcasts ago too. I, I think it actually might've been a while back, but yeah, like Griffin completely transformed his game when he got that injury. And that's really like shout out to him. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and D Rose is averaging 16 points and six rebounds, which is solid. So it's like both Griffin and Rose, like aren't in their primes anymore. The past their primes is still getting it done, you know? But like like you said, Jeremy Grant is just the, the the leading scorer of the team, you know, and and I think that that was a great pickup by the Pistons. I mean, he went there to get paid. He obviously has a lot more opportunity in Denver, or at least opportunity to win. But he wanted to go there to get paid. He's getting paid. He's playing well. So we'll see. We just he, it's just a slippery slope for him to become a Zach Levine or a Bradley Beal. He just puts up empty numbers, you know. And at the end at the end of your career, you know, the player has to decide. Would they rather have got, you know, I don't know, 500 million instead of 400, but then 400 with a ring, you know, it's all that, it, it just, it all comes down to that. You know, I mean, maybe 500, it's a lot. Maybe they don't make that much in their careers. I mean, let's your LeBron, <laughs> but, uh, 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 you know, I guess maybe a more modest number, like a hundred million compared to 90 or something like that. You know what I mean? But, um, anyway, but this was a tough one for me. This is the toughest one to choose, uh, a duo. So I want to hear what you say, Jalen, but for everybody else watching too, let us know like who you think the duo in Detroit is. Cause that's actually a tough one to pick. So talk to me, Jalen. It is a very tough one to pick because uh, there isn't like, like one, well, like at the moment, Jeremy Grant is doing fantastic right now, but uh, I don't know like who to pick. If I want to pick him as being the number one or 
Derrick Rose being the number one or Blake Griffin being the number one, it's 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 it's, it's really hard. But um, at the end of the day, I'm I'm gonna pick uh, Blake Griffin and uh, Derrick Rose just because of the fact that uh, they're proven solid, solid players. And Jeremy Grant, this is his first time having like a superior role on a team. Like he wasn't like a number one, number two player on the uh, on like on the Nuggets. He was like like he was a player that just did all the dirty work. Now he's really tr- um, showing is what he has in his uh, arsenal. And I feel like uh, once time goes on, Jer- uh, Jeremy Grant is going to take that number one position as the number one scorer and player on that team. But uh, at, at the moment, it is Derrick Rose and uh, Blake Griffin still, just because of what they have proven already. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I and, and a big reason also that I forgot to mention is that right, initially when with Derrick Rose and, 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 and Griffin, that same thing you said, Grant just got there, you know what I mean? I was trying to pick players that have been together at least for a little bit longer than eight games. But, yeah, yeah it's it's tough when there's not a lot of options to pick from. So, <laughs> Okay, so, so, so since we're on the line of uh, of talking about we didn't know who to pick, uh, I'm 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 going to skip. So uh, we're, we're supposed to do the Magic next, but I'm going to skip. I'm going to do the Hornets next. Because, man, mm. like, as I was doing the Hornets, y'all, like, I did not know who to pick. Like I, I, I didn't know whether to go with 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 Terry Rozier and and Devonte Graham. Devonte Graham's having a terrible year right now. I know it's only been eight games, having a yeah. terrible year, or, or 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 to go with either Terry and Devonte or and, and Gordon Hayward. Like I did, I didn't know. Um, took me took me a long time to to figure out who to who to go for the Hornets, but I ended up going with with, uh, with Terry, Scary Terry and uh, Gordon Hayward. You know. Uh, I, again, we haven't seen him play together for long. Gordon Hayward is—he got way overpaid, but he—he he, he got paid like he's supposed to be a superstar on the team. But I don't even know if he's the best player on the team. Like I—I I really don't know. Like uh, if we're talking about last season, we're talking about last season. I'm taking Devontae Graham over Terry, Scary Terry and and oh, Gordon yeah. Hayward. But he's—he so he hasn't played up to that like like how he was last season. So mm-hmm. you know, like I like I said, I went to I went with. Uh, with uh, Terry Rozier and, and Gordon Hayward because, like, Gordon, as I've been watching the, the, these Hornets games, I, you know, I was watching to see who who to go with. Like, Gordon Hayward, like, you can see glimpse of, like, ha- how he used to be in Utah. He could, you know, put the ball on the ground and, and get to the hoop and either draw a foul or or stop real quick and pull up for a mid-range. And, but he's just older, you know what I'm saying? He's just older, so I didn't know really to go with, with Gordon Hayward. But um, I know I repeated myself a lot, but um, – <laughs> But but yeah, so I'm I'm going I'm going with Scary Terry and, and Gordon Hayward. But like I want to I really want want to hear what you guys uh, had for the Hornets. So who'd you guys have for the Hornets? Oh, I got actually the same thing too. I went with Hayward and Rozier, but it's it's again it's that whole thing. I don't want to pick people who just became teammates this season, and I don't know if not, then I would have gone with with Rozier and Graham. I think there's no other option really on that team. Uh, but but like you said, you know, the way that they started the season, going back to Hayward and Rozier, the way they started the season, uh, uh, Graham just hasn't been that good, and Rozier has actually been pretty good to start the season. Um, <clears throat> Graham had a breakout season last season, you know, but he definitely regressed since then. Uh, he's still a good player, but when you mix that and the lack of talent in Charlotte, is like I said, you know, you kind of just end up going with, with Graham and Rozier. Uh, like I said, if you're going with those players that I've played together before. Uh, the thing about Rozier, though, that's a little tough is that he's inconsistent. Sometimes he's great. Sometimes he sucks. And he gets to score more in Charlotte than he did in Boston. 
Um, and he's been a good player with the Hornets, but still, it's not like, oh, wow, this guy was a great pickup for the Hornets or anything like that. And I think that on a, just a player level, Hayward's a better player than both Rozier and Graham. Um, but he's also regressed. He's not the same Hayward that we saw in Utah, right? Like, that was not the Hayward that the Celtics got. So, so I honestly don't think the the, the Celtics are going. Excuse me, the the Hornets are going to be very good because I just they they don't have that many good options. So, it's 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 a little tough for them right now. And slim pickings here too. It's becoming a theme here in the East. But you know, like I said, if I'm going to go with new teammates, I'll go Hayward and Rozier. If I'm going to go old teammates, it's going to be Rozier and Graham. What do you think, Jalen? Uh, well, um, earlier today I had uh, Rozier and Graham. But um, Graham has been playing, like, absolute crap lately. He hasn't been putting up any numbers. He's on my fantasy team. So he's been giving me, like, eight points a game. I'm like, come on, man. So I have – well, right now, it's uh, – for me, it's uh, Gordon Hayward and uh, Terry Rozier. Just because Gordon Hayward tonight, he had a 44 point. He, uh, he had 44 points. He, uh, he proved that he has, you know, like, like, like a little bit of that Utah um, – uh, Utah Gorn, you know, back then, but uh, he hasn't done that on a consistent basis, and he did just just go there too. He he just got traded this this year, so uh, just like what you said, uh, um, Junior, uh, because they haven't played uh played well together, uh, maybe Rozier and Graham, but since Graham is playing so bad this year, it is uh for me, it's Gordon Hayward and uh and Terry Rozier. All right. I feel that. All right, so uh, so let's, let's go back to the magic. So uh, to, to to the magic, I got I, I got Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vukovic, right? So I, I you know I, I was looking at I was looking at Aaron Gordon on Basketball Reference, and I'm thinking like it's time for him to make a jump, man. It's time for him to make a jump. It's been five years, the last five years, the man's averaged anywhere from 12 to 16 points per game, which is just like. I feel like he got a lot of hype, you know what I'm saying? I feel like he got a lot, a lot of hype, and it's only because he dunks. I wrote dunked. that down, too. It, it, it's, it's only because he really dunks, you know what I'm saying? And 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 what's crazy is I feel like – so I, I thought about Zach Levine. I feel like people used to think that Zach Levine is just a dunker and Aaron Gordon was like a dunker and a player. But I think it's a total opposite. Zach Levine is a player and a dunker, and, and, and Gordon Hayward is only – I'm not Gordon – Aaron Gordon is is just a dunker. Like he he just really just dunks. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's getting old too. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he even just said he's not participating in the dunk contest anymore because he wants to focus on his game. And I'm glad he did that because he really needs to focus on his game because the man like honestly can just really dunk the ball. He hasn't really done much. He's been extremely inconsistent anywhere from 12 to 16. And uh and and for and for for Vukovic like. He's he he's he's another unicorn, you know. He's 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 another he's another like how Junior said, like a great level of Kristaps Porzingis. The man is seven feet tall, and uh, out of uh, out of all his years he's been in the league, he's never shot under thirty four percent from the three point line, which is great for someone that's seven feet. You know, you don't see a lot of seven feeters that uh, people who are seven foot and that can shoot above thirty three percent, man. So uh, I, I went with those two. How are you guys feeling about the Magic? I got the same. Vucevic and Gordon. Could have been Vucevic and Jonathan Isaac, but I'm still giving it to Gordon for now. You know, I mean, Vucevic is not really much that needs to be said. It's like, like, like you said, Levine on the Bulls. Uh, you, I know you said that about you were using Levine for an example for Gordon, but I'm saying Levine on the Bulls in the sense that he's far and away their best player. It's Vucevic by a mile, right? He's averaging 21 points and 11 boards. There's a double-double right there. Uh, Gordon is averaging 14 points and seven boards. Um, 
And like you said, too, I have the same thing written down for Gordon. So he's still 25. So that's young. He's still got time to improve. But he had so much hype in college. And then he came in, and it was dunk contests and all this stuff. And he turned out to just be an okay player, you know. Like, so he just left more to be desired after his college career. And so it, it kind of looks disappointing. But 25 is young enough that he could still get it done and develop, you know, and just pick his game up, but definitely because it feels like he's been in the, while, in the league for a while because of the hype coming in and all this stuff. You know, I'm not like Zion hype or anything, but I guess maybe it's cause he's, because he's a Bay Area guy, so maybe we just heard about him more. But uh, all of that just kind of made it so so you're like, oh, Aaron Gordon's going to make that jump, and it's just like one thing he was jumping in was a dunk contest. So I, I think <laughs> that the, the, Magic, the Magic are probably the second best team in the East who is going to miss the playoffs. So I know they're probably the second best team in the East, but I think the second best team in the East is going to miss the playoffs. I think the Wizards are going to be the best team that missed the playoffs for the ninth seed, basically. The Magic are going to be right there behind them because they have some players. You know, Gordon is okay. Vucevic is good. Uh, Isaac is okay. You know, so like they have a decent team that, you know, in another year maybe could even be making the playoffs. I mean, they did last year. They got eighth seed, you know, and um, but I just think that this year, you know, with, with, the Hawks, I think, is the team that was from the out there is going to come in and going to, going to kind of bump them out of there, is what I think. So um, I think that they'll be on, they'll, they'll, they'll miss out on those playoffs as well. So yeah, that's what I got for them. What about you, Jalen? Um, I picked uh, Bukovic and uh, Aaron Gordon as well. Uh, I was going to say um, I wanted it to be Fultz so bad this year. Like I wanted him to make that big jump, but. Didn't he just get hurt like today? He just tore, he just tore his ACL, dog. Come ACL. on. I feel so bad oh, for him. He just, he just tore his ACL. Oh, yeah. Man, that's so tough. That's yeah. tough. He, that's yeah. tough. He has so much potential, but he never let that show anyway. So, I mean, like, like, like the games that he was playing, he, he wasn't doing much. But he's starting to turn around a little bit this year. Like, yeah, I, he, I, I can see a little bit of him, like, getting on that, you know, that upturn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 but uh, but I did pick at the end of the day. I picked Aaron Gordon and uh, Vukovic, uh, because I still have hope for for Aaron Gordon, just like everybody else says. You, like you still have hope for him. You still think that he's he's still that kid on yeah, yeah his finest dunk on everybody. Man, <laughs> shout out Trevor Dunbar. Shout out Trevor Dunbar, man. I don't know, man. And, uh, and uh, I really want him to be good. I I I I want him to be the number two player on that team. Definitely. Yeah. No, Definitely. I hear you. All right. So m- moving on to the last team, man. So we, we, we got the Cavs, y'all. So for the Cavs, another slim picking. Who are we going to go with? Uh, but I, th- I think the choice is pretty clear. I went, I went with Andre Drummond and Kevin Love. And I, I, I want to I bring up something, man. So Twin Towers don't work anymore. Like the last Twin Towers that like worked, to be honest with you, was Paul Gasol and Andrew Bynum. Like real, like two Twin Towers that are dominating the league. And this, like the Twin Towers don't like if you have, if you look at all all great teams right now, they all have like a solid point guard, a solid a uh, uh, a solid shooting guard, right? A, a solid a, like a solid fast player, so someone who can handle the ball and. Andre Drummond, I mean, he can handle the ball a little bit for a center. Kevin Love can handle the ball a little bit for a power forward. But, yeah, the Twin Towers don't really work. But, uh, but again, I can't, I can't disrespect Andre Drummond's insane amount of, like, rebounds he brings down. He leads the league, like, 
the for last like three years, he's led the league in reboundings and like by a wide margin. Like he's averaging like 14 rebounds per game. I think the next the next is uh, is a Rudy Gobert with 12. And uh, and Kevin Love, you know, Kevin Love is getting older, but can't disrespect that Kevin Love. You know what I'm saying? The man, the man could shoot. Uh, you know, smart player, but uh, he's getting older. You know, age is getting the best of him. But if we have that Minnesota Kevin Love, that's different, man. In Minnesota Kevin Love, is nice. That was but, nice. Uh, but, but how you guys feel about the Cavs, man? I I actually got Drummond and Colin Sexton. So I initially went with Drummond and Kevin Love, but then I looked at Kevin Love's numbers. I'm like, there's no way I could put him as number two option. And uh, uh, it's it, like you said, it's tough to say. It's a bad team, but Drummond leading the leagues in rebounds at 14, like you said. And put him 16 points in two blocks. Like, that's solid. Um, I, and I think Kevin Love's just not been that good this season. Sexton has been averaging 26 points a game in only his third year. So that's impressive, you know. And, and granted, there's not a lot of scoring options on the Cavs. But on the flip side of that, you can also say that there's no supporting cast for him. So otherwise, maybe if you had decent players around him, he could be getting more good passes and be scoring more points, you know. So. Uh, it all just depends how you want to make the argument. But I think 26 points a game, no matter how you cut it, that's a solid number. And on paper, they're not that good. But, you know, they have three centers in, 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 in uh, Drummond, Love, because he could play the center, and McGee. Uh, uh, but they're four and three as of today. So they have a winning record. And they're not doing so bad compared to the one and six Pistons. Hmm. You know? So it, it, definitely, it definitely could be worse. But I had to go with Drummond and Sexton. What about you, Jalen? Um, I picked uh, Drummond. And Sexton too. Uh, Colin Sexton is a good player this year. He's 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 proving himself this year. He's averaging 26 points per game, like like Junior said. And um, and I I feel like he is the number one option on the team. And then it's Andre Drummond. That's just in my opinion. Uh, and I feel like um, they're not going to be that good until they you know have like a star player or something. But uh, at the moment, uh, Andre Drummond and Colin Sexton are the best that you're going to get out of the Cavs. So. Yeah, feel that. Yeah. But there, there, there you have it, though, man. That's all of the Eastern Conference, man. We appreciate everyone that uh, tuned in and then listened in, whether, whether you're on YouTube, whether you're on, on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, man. We appreciate it. As always, I appreciate you. A lot. My guys coming on coming on the show and and as Junior's been saying man you know comment down below who who you think the, is the uh, is the best eastern conference duo and at, hold on as a matter of fact we, we, we got we got to talk about who do you guys so who do you guys think is the best eastern conference duo cuz we said about the west we know it was the lakers so you got KD and Kyrie Jalen? KD and Kyrie I got Chris Middleton and uh, Giannis Ooh, okay. I like that. I like that. Yeah, I'm. I'm I like that. I'm. I'm. I'm going with KD and Kyrie only because of just pure talent, man. You know, they're just that's just that's just two pure scores. But I, I, I feel you on that, Jalen, because you know we've seen Chris Middleton and Giannis play, and I, I, I like that choice very much. But, uh, but yeah, y'all. So there you have it. Again, comment down below what you guys think, who, who, who you guys think is the best duo, who your favorite duo is, because your favorite duo might not be the best duo. But, um, but yeah, man, so what's up, Jenner? And best duo in the league, too. Best yeah. duo in the league. Be- now yeah. that we did the West and the East, who you guys got for best duo in the league? The I got LeBron. LeBron. Yeah, it's LeBron and AD. Come on, man. It's Come on, question. man. Come on, man. No, no comment down below, man. Comment down below. Well, at least who's your favorite duo is because if you don't like the Lakers, it's probably not LeBron or AD. So, so you know, let us know. Exactly, man. But, 
But thank you all. Thank, thank you, Jalen. Thank you, Junior, for coming on. As always, man, follow follow Junior's Instagram. I'm going to put it right there. Follow Jalen's Instagram. I'll put it right there. Follow the Clutch Talks Instagram, man. I'll put it right here. That's where that's where we drop all updates, man. We do interactive NBA polls daily. That's where we drop, we drop uh, NBA updates. We drop podcast updates, channel updates. So if you want to stay up to two, man, got to go follow the Clutch Talk Instagram. But uh, that's it, though, man. I appreciate everyone come, uh, listening on. appreciate y'all coming in and that's it, y'all. We out of here, y'all. Thank Let's you. Let's talk out. All right, y'all.